Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. Uh, she is a famous stock picker and newsletter writer and speaker and motivational speaker and all-around wonderful person. Welcome to the show, Natalie. <laughs> Hi, Jordan. It's so nice to uh, speak with you again. I wish it were in person, but hey, here we go. This is fine. You've been on the show before, but for people who have not heard, just give people a little bit of background about uh, what you've done and kind of your credentials leading into our whole discussion today. Sure. Well, uh, one of the things they should know is that my book, The ABCs of Money, has been in the top 15 on Amazon for over two and a half years, three years in March. And they can download it for free, or of course, they can get the audio or the print edition. Also, the most recent book, The Gratitude Game, is a 21-day program to help you implement those strategies. So what we've identified is not only how to earn money through you know, nest egg strategies and all the things we're going to discuss today, but Jordan, we've actually identified up to $20,000 each year that everyone is overspending in their budget, or at least most people, most professional people. So it really pays to read both of those books. Um, and one last little bit, what is my credential? Well, I have been ranked the number one stock picker. My current efficacy rate is 81%. I got into the business when I advised all my friends to move safe before the dot-com recession. They didn't. They lost 78%. I tripled my money. And of course, all of them then came back to me and said, please teach us what you know. And thus, that's how the website was born. And then every year you have a stock of the year. Uh, how have those yeah. done in, in recent years? Uh, very well. The one we named this year went up 50%. Uh, the one that we named in 2013 tripled. Uh, I believe we're running about 50% of the company of the year's double or more. Um, the thing about this year's uh, company of the year, which I think is very important, is that because we knew that the markets themselves were going to be on a roller coaster, we took the profits at 50%. That company is now back in buying range, so we've re-highlighted on the list. And what company was that? Taser International. And why did you get into it, and why did you get out of it, and why do you want to get back into it? Well, first off, this is the company that is putting the video cameras on police officers. And with all of the focus on the police department right now, and, you know, sadly, all of these uh, fatalities that are occurring around the U.S., there is a lot of pressure to put a police uh, a camera on every police officer. They also make the tasers, obviously. And um, I just believe this is a huge growth industry. They have a very smart, experienced, connected executive team. And they're expanding into Europe, which needs this information, I mean, this technology and these products as well. You kind of have to think of them as Q from the James Bond movies. That's exactly what they do. And they work really closely with the police officers to keep developing the products that the police officers want. And this is something that a lot of the police um, chiefs really want for their officers. So that's an example of one of your recent stock picks. Tell me about the process that you go through in picking stocks. Uh, are you a value player or a growth player? What, what are you looking for in the stocks you recommend? Well, I'm looking for all of the above. So what I did and how I was ranked the number one stock picker is that I used a stock report card and four questions to help identify the leaders in the sector. Then I applied macroeconomic tools. And that's really important as we are entering the eighth year of the current bull market in 2016. So the first question is, which company, which, which industry is going to be hot? 
And then within that, which is the company that's the hottest? And then you have to apply buy low, sell high strategies. And that includes a macro examination of the marketplace. So for instance, right now, I would be way more interested in companies and industries that have a chance to increase in value if the markets um, drop or have already been killed. So um, they do still have that potential for being strong and the price is super low. Like there might be some industries that could still remain strong. You might say, oh, well, everybody's still going to use toilet paper. But the fact that the industries are still very high or everybody's still going to need biotechnology or healthcare, that's the, what I would be doing at this point is still taking some profits, trimming back my exposure, diversifying because of the fact that the price is high and it, everything becomes vulnerable um, in a recession except those that have already been killed and or those that increase in value um, in, in hard times. So tell me a little bit about your newsletter, how they can get it how much it costs, and what kind of things people will find in your newsletter. So um, I have been publishing a newsletter since 2002. And um, right now, the best way that your listeners can get the information that I need is to come to one of our retreats. And our next one is Valentine's Day. At the retreat, I teach you everything I know. And in three days, basically, this is the ABCs of money we all should have received in high school. On the first day, I teach you the nest egg strategies. They worked great in both recessions. In fact, people earn gains using them. It's easy as a pie chart. The second day, I teach you all my tricks for stock picking. And the third day, I teach you all those tricks for reducing the leaks in your budget boat so that you can thrive and live a much richer life here and now. There's no reason to start making you know, the tax man, the debt collector, the bill collector, the insurance salesman rich at your own expense. And when you stop those leaks in your budget boat, then you can have even $20,000 every single year for the rest of your life. That's a lot of bucket list vacations. So I've, I am promoting the retreat. We only have 12 seats. Your team always gets the best price. You're going to get at least a $200 discount if you use Jordan's name. And you can call 310-430-2397 to learn more. And what is the website to go to to find out about it? nataliepace.com and you can click through on my face to get to the website and there is a Valentine's retreat flyer right there on the homepage. Very good. So just so let's start with one of the industries uh, that you think is hot right now. What, is, what trends do you see? Maybe let's do one that's hot and one that's cold. Let's start with the hot industry. A great, great idea. Okay, so let's start with the hot. Um, when oil prices are low, and when consumer confidence is high, and when the stock markets are high, gold is killed. So right now, we have seen gold really go down since 2011, which was its high when it hit 1895 per ounce. And uh, what's been killed even more than gold itself are the gold miners. They are down 75, sometimes 80% from their highs. For instance, you can buy a gold mining ETF uh, there are two different ones. One is a um, uh, PowerShares ETF, it's PSAU, and another one is an iShares ETF, and that one is Ring. And both of those, the high is actually four to five times what it is trading at today. So with gold, the real high correlations are this. When we have lack of confidence in the market, so when a recession occurs, and when oil prices rise, 
either one of those two events can spark reinterest in gold. So I always say, think of it as this, when Wall Street swoons, gold sinks. When Wall Street really falls out of love with, uh, when investors fall out of love with Wall Street, they fall in love with gold. So, I mean, gold is not a hot industry now. You're saying it's cheap and you, you get into, well, it's low, but it's not a hot industry right now. What I define as a hot industry is not a hot industry right now, because if you buy something that's super hot right now, you're buying high, and it may already be at its, uh, at its peak potential ready to go down. Uh, when I say hot industry, I'm saying something that has every reason to go up. So same thing with my companies. All the time, the reason that I'm so successful is that I d identify industries and companies before the mainstream does, before the mainstream analysts and before the mainstream media and before they are recommended by the investment banks. That's when you really make the money. If you identify a company or an industry before the investment banks send that out to all of their institutional investors and their brokerages, that's where the money is to be made. If you follow the trends, you can really lose a lot of money. So if you think, uh, some, define something as hot as what's hot now, you're really going to be in trouble. So your definition of hot is value. You're buying things that have great value that are out of favor that you think are going to turn around. My, my, my definition of hot is an industry I think is poised to pop and is trading at a good price. So that's so hot. it's both. Okay, so That's in the inverse, <laughs> so in the inverse, what do you think would be cold now, meaning overvalued and dangerous to get into in, as an industry? Telecommunications, and I have an article on this on the homepage in the December e-zine. E so telecommunications, ATT and Verizon have huge liabilities on their um, on their pensions and other post-employment benefits. And when I talk about huge, we're talking about tens of billions. And the exact numbers are in the article, so please go to, let me see real quickly, the name, AT&T, GE, and Verizon top the list of unfunded pensions. What a lot of people don't realize is that the legacy corporations in America, so the ones that are over 50 years old, especially the ones that have unions, they owe collectively over a half a trillion dollars in pensions and unfunded unfunded pensions and other post-employment benefits. These are going to become a big issue. They're already becoming a big issue with AT and Verizon, AT and T and Verizon. Verizon is um, all the the workers are working without a contract. The workers are really um, you know have an active campaign against the company. The company has already put in line um, you know. Uh, non-union employees so that if the employees strike, this is really a problem and mostly not so much, uh, it, again, I'm, I'm just saying um, that as an investor, you don't want to be the person that bears the burden of this kind of uh, squabble. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. She is a world-renowned stock picker. Uh, she has an upcoming event on uh, Valentine's Day in Santa Monica, California. And you can find out more about her at her website, nataliepace.com. We'll be back after this. Always. 
always talking business, talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. She is a newsletter writer. She has a retreat coming up. Uh, She's been a a world-famous stock picker for a long time, and you can find out more about her at her website, nataliepace.com. Welcome back to the show, Natalie. Thanks for having me back. So let's take a broader view on the global stage. Now, there's been a lot of change recently in China, where the International Monetary Fund just added the Chinese yuan to their basket of of currencies along with the dollar and the euro and the yen and the pound. Uh, What is the impact going to be of that in the long run, and is this a time to invest in China? Um, You know, when we had that huge huge downturn in the Chinese stocks. I really liked the price of a lot of my favorite companies in China. So um, I don't think that exactly right this second is the right time, but I do have um, a Chinese technology fund on my watch list, and that is CQQQ, the symbol CQQQ. So the truth of the matter is that China is growing. The other truth of the matter is that we have an enormous trade deficit with them to the tune of over $30 billion every single month. And that has made Chinese uh, currency in greater circulation throughout the world than even the U.S. dollar. Now, I do outline that, and I think that's important for people to realize. It's not anything that the U.S. government or the Chinese government, for, for that matter, or the IMF, is taking out and putting into a press release. It's not being reported in the mainstream media. However, it is easy to see on the IMF's website. So in my article where I report on this, 
you can actually look at the data yourself. So what you, um, the, what is the impact of this? Uh, really already the Chinese yuan is in greater circulation than any other currency, the U.S. dollar being second. Really already China is the number one economy in the world with the U.S. being the third and the European Union being the second. Uh, again, this is not thing, anything that anybody's advertising because China doesn't have the respect that the U.S. economy does yet and the European Union has been, uh, you know, is sliding in and out of a recession. So the whole world is kind of depending on the U.S.'s um, optimism and growth to fuel their own economies. In other words, I think everybody, all of the um, policymakers in these three main countries are all really wanting to make, sh make the consumers in their countries think that everything is going to be okay. Um, and that's why I think that you have to be very defensive, very diversified, and probably the best ROI you can get is, again, that's part of the reason that we focus so strongly now on stop making everybody else rich because there's so much extra money going into housing, into health insurance, into life insurance, and there really are ways that you can live as rich of a life and have a lot more electrics, electricity, utilities, gasoline, even with gasoline prices as low as they are right now, which is pretty low, you know, compared to the last decade, we're still spending, um, you know, over $2,000 a person on gas. So there's lots of innovative strategies. It's kind of like what, and I love this, and I hope you'll share this with your readers, what you just shared with me. You know, the, um, the professional doctor in Beijing, what was his salary you were saying? I was just there over the summer. Uh, a high-end doctor was earning $1,000 a month uh, and trying to live on with a family of two in, in Beijing. Their yeah. salaries, are, salaries are much lower than you think. And therefore, there's all this yeah, housing you, all over the place they can't afford. Yeah, and you know, what's, what's interesting about that, we, we have an equivalent to that in San Francisco. San Francisco, only 10% of the people who live there can actually afford housing at the current prices, and that's both rent and uh, to buy. Yeah. And you have Googlers that are literally living in their cars and grateful that they get free food and showers at Google. This is unsustainable, and this is happening in, uh, in certain areas, but mostly on the blue states and the coastal regions uh, from Seattle and, um, you know, San Francisco and Los Angeles all over to, um, you know, New York, Manhattan areas. So, and, you know, certain areas in Texas and, and North Dakota and Washington, D.C. So, um, again, the real, one of the biggest solutions that all anybody looking for ROI can have is in their budgets. But let's, let's get back to China for a minute. Because you talked about CQQQ. I know in the yeah. past you've liked Baidu. Are there other individual stocks, not ETFs, that you would like in China at this point? Um, you know, they kind of come and go because they tend to be, you know, part of the reason that the, um, the Chinese uh, stock market dropped so much was because it had gone up so much. Remember we said our 2013 company of the year had tripled. Well, that was Baidu. But the truth is that almost a lot of those Chinese technology companies have tripled and then pulled back. We've seen that in Yoku. We've seen that in uh, Jiawan. We've seen that in Weibo. I'm probably saying all of these names wrong, um, but they're all listed on my hot news list. And if you have a problem accessing that, just call us or email us. Uh, 310-430-2397 and you can email info at nataliepace.com or heather at nataliepace.com but um, in general there's a lot of great and particularly the technology companies you know when you were there in um, 
in China. How many people did you see using their cell phone to get online? Every one of them. They're all living with their cell phones all the time. You totally. See, you see. You see what I mean. In that if we are here, but they are. They are ahead of us. They have been ahead of us in technology since we had the dot com recession. In fact, the way the technology companies stayed alive in the dot com recession was by selling to China. Um, yeah. I believe a third of Apple sales are to China. So you know, this is a country that loves technology, and they do have an emerging consumer class that's buying technology, and um, they control it. You know, there. You know, Google is not the main search engine in China. It's you, Baidu. You can't, you can't get into Google. You can try, if you try putting in Google or Facebook online, it, it says not available. So they yeah. blocked them. Yeah, actually, yes. Yeah. So, so here are some uh, companies then that you know are Chinese that we can kind of understand in terms of the American equivalent. So Baidu being the Google of China, Jiawan being the Match.com of China, Weibo being the Twitter of China, Yoku being the Netflix and Hulu of China. And these are all exciting companies, but they do again they do have these boom and bust moments. So you really have to be price conscious conscious as well. And some of them are cash negative. So you really have to know what you're looking for there too, because um, some are going to be acquisitions targets. These are, you know, these are executives and who are trained in London and in the best universities in the United States. These, these are people that are trained in capitalism. So some of these companies will fail. Some of them will be acquired. Others will become the next, uh, you know, multinational corporation. So let's go back to America now. We've had quite a long bull run for a long time here. Um, the Federal Reserve looks like it's going to start raising interest rates. Is the bull market in the U.S. going to continue, or do you see trouble ahead? You know, the, the, there's, there's two courts to be in on this, because the reason that we've had this bull market for so long is because um, there's been free, easy money, the corporations are borrowing it, and they're buying back their own stock, that makes the earnings per share look really um, strong and the price to earnings ratio look really low, which attracts more American investors. So once we start stopping up that free, easy corporate capital, that's, you know, that's been the flow, that's been the spigot that has been um, fueling this entire bull market. Now, the other side of it, though, is that we're not going to go from you know, 0 to 5% Fed prime rate in the foreseeable future. We're talking, unless there's, you know, some huge problem, we're talking about, you know, very, very small incremental steps, which means that even a year or two or five years from now, the corporations can still be borrowing almost for free, essentially. So um, while it's very rare for a market to go eight years into a bull market, um, you know, it's possible. This year, it, you know, we're underwater from where we were. We're flat from where we were, and we've had a lot of volatility. So you can't really call this a boom year or a bear year. But um, at this point, it could certainly change. You know, we could have the Santa Rally, and then it looks a little bit strong enough to be a continuation of the bull market. So what I would say is I would start looking at industries like the gold miners, like even clean energy, which is an in industry that I believe is going to start gaining momentum and has been absolutely killed, um, where I can start adding diversity. And by the way, you can also add diversity in terms of international diversity as well, like the, the CQQQ. And um, a lot of people are way overexposed in American equities. And by the way, bonds are vulnerable too. 
uh, bonds have lost money over the last 10 years on, on an aggregate basis. So we have to start rethinking what's safe. We need to um, make sure we have an, a percent equal charge safe. And I am overweighting at least 10%, maybe even 20% safe because we're headed into the eighth year of this bull market. And then re-diversify. And for most Americans, that is going to mean selling some of their blue chip stocks and getting that money safe and then figuring out what safe is since bonds aren't safe. So the first thing you got to think of on your safe side is capital preservation. And then you have to start really educating yourself on safe um, income producing uh, assets that you purchase for a good price that are very low risk. So what would be the main risk right now? You think bonds have potential risk here. The Fed may be raising rates. Some of these companies are overvalued, you're saying, like consumer product companies. What is the main risk to investors in their portfolios right now in the U.S.? The last two recessions have looked like Great Depressions. The Great Recession cost 55%. The Dow dropped 55%. Whenever you lose that much money, it takes at least twice as long to come back to even. So, for instance, if you had a million bucks and it went down to $450,000, even if you earned a 14% annualized gain, which is what the Dow did, you're still underwater. Anybody who is 50 or over cannot afford to do that. The NASDAQ, the dot-com recession before that, was even worse. It lost 78%, and it just it took 15 years to come back to even. And by the way, while that happens, your ability to buy low into equities or buy a house or move or get a different job or retire, all those go away. So think of capital preservation. Think of having liquidity so that if there is a correction, you can buy low. Think of diversifying to protect yourself and think of some industries that are, either, that are poised to increase in value that are trading at a great price right now. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. Uh, she has a newsletter uh, that she picks individual stocks. She also has an upcoming retreat uh, on Valentine's Day in Santa Monica. Uh, you can find out more about it and get a special price if you listen to the show uh, at her website, nataliepace.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in government, the legal arena, and the business world impacts your business every day. And we're going to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of it all. Each week, we'll bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers and leaders. Squire Patton Boggs will be your guide as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join us for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Channel each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. She is a newsletter writer, stock picker. Uh, She has seminars. You can find out more about her at her website, nataliepace.com. Welcome back to the show, Natalie. Thanks so much. So let's talk about debt. Uh, We have a time when interest rates may be rising. A lot of people have a lot of debt. Is there good debt or bad debt? What are some ways that people can use from some of your books to help people get out of debt? Oh, this is such an important topic because did you know that one-third of Americans with a credit score are in debt collections? That's not people in debt. That's people in debt collections. So this is a big issue. A lot of people bought high, got stuck in the Great Recession with, um, you know, with their real estate. There's still um, over 7 million people that are underwater on their homes, and there's over $12 trillion in consumer debt. So this is a huge issue. So the first thing is that I do, the first uh, section of the ABCs of Money is on debt. The second section is on the Thrive Budget. The truth is that a lot of people are waiting to save. They're saying, oh, I'm going to pay off my debt and wait to save. I have to tell you, the, the conventional wisdom on this is all wrong, and it plays into making the debt collector, the banks, and all of these, uh, the people you owe money, rich at your own expense. It is absolutely imperative that you read the ABCs of money. And the reason that I designed uh, the gratitude game, 21 Days to a Healthier, Wealthier, More Beautiful You, is so that you could have a chapter a day, easy program to implement the strategies. So really reducing debt that works faster than any other fix is first adopting a Thrive Budget. And that really does mean rethinking your big ticket items and it is so much easier than people realize it has absolutely nothing to do with cutting out cafe lattes and fun it has everything to do with understanding how you can have affordable housing that you love and you care about affordable transportation that's better for your wallet and better for the planet um, stop making the insurance companies rich there is a bet the best long-term health care plan is the health savings plan uh, and also if you have a, uh, a healthy person that's spending an arm and a leg on health insurance, you could save you know, up to $20,000 a year with a high deductible plan and a health uh, savings account, which is also tax deductible. So getting smart on these areas, as in, again, do it st- chapter a day, step a day. And once you're done with those 21 days, that becomes the way life is. Once you have a sustainable budget that you do not have to fill in the gaps on your credit cards, then you can start 
coming up with ways to consolidate your debt into low interest rates. And by the way, even if you have a tremendous amount of debt, you have to pay yourself first in those tax-protected retirement accounts. They're financial predator-proof, even in the worst-case scenario, even if your home is underwater and you owe an unsustainable amount to credit card companies, do not drain your nest egg. That is your lifeboat. And that's one big mistake that a lot of people make is that they, they have an unsustainable budget, they have unsustainable housing, they drain their nest egg, and then they're left with absolutely nothing. Let's talk about health insurance. We've had health insurance premiums going up a lot lately, and deductibles are going up, and co-payments. People are putting a lot more out for health insurance and health expenses in the past. What can people do to get decent health insurance coverage and not pay so much? So the best thing, go to irs.gov and uh, put in the search box health savings accounts. Not only is this a great way, again, this, if you're sick, this isn't going to work for you because you're going to always be pulling money out. But if you're a healthy person, um, then this allows you to put aside money of your own so you're self-funding it that if you need it in the case of an emergency, you've got it. In the meantime, it acts like a retirement account. In the meantime, it's a tax credit. In the meantime, it also is starting to build your best long-term health care fund. So health insurance is only one thing people are worried about. They're learning, worried about long-term health care. And all of this insurance, you have to think of it in the way that it really is. Once you stop paying, it's like being a renter. Once you stop paying rent, you get kicked out. And when you try to get uh, go back in, it may cost more. You may not get the same kind of plan. I mean, it it's really can be very egregious. So having the higher deductible and the lower premium, I have seen professionals where this was a savings of $20,000 a year. You do have limits of how much you can put into your health savings account. Every dime of it is tax deductible. You can invest it if you wanted to to start compounding your gains. That's tax protected. And again, that becomes a far better long-term health care plan than any long-term health care plan that you could purchase. Because think of it, you know, when you retire, you're on a fixed income. You can't afford things. And once it comes down to should I pay my housing or my... Um, uh, my, buy some food or pay my health insurance, you know which one ends up going. And the minute you stop, and by the way, that's true with life insurance and long-term health care as well. The minute you stop paying, it goes away. So it's very important for people to start thinking of life in that 20-year trajectory and getting smart and sophisticated. This is the ABCs of money we all should have received in high school. It's so much easier than algebra. Indeed. Let's go to housing. So uh, the housing market in general has been doing pretty well. Some of the areas of the country extremely hot with prices rising and kind of a lack of inventory other places not so much do you think people should be investing in housing both actual houses and rental properties and also housing related stocks now um, I would be worried about REITs and the reason for that is that um, I just looked at someone's portfolio so REITs being real estate stocks I just looked at someone's portfolio and she'd been sold into a lot of REITs and every single one of them were cash negative so um, I, uh, I'm not recommending REITs right now at all. In terms of real estate, it's very regional, and you have to be aware of the regional marketplace. So as an example, 
San Francisco is completely unaffordable, but people have to live there because that's where the jobs are. So if you wanted to be uh, someone who is going to invest in real estate, you need to be looking more in areas that have not gone up tremendously and that might be adding jobs. So um, I would start looking, I, I have recent interviews with the National Association of Realtors Chief Economist, as well as the CEO of RealtyTrack.com. And I would highly recommend listening to those interviews because they offer a lot of information. That's what are some examples of some places that the prices are reasonable and jobs are coming in? Well, uh, or, or, or let's say income coming in. So there still are some areas of Florida. There's uh, St. Louis, I believe, is one area that we identified. So there are some of these uh, areas where some of the technology jobs are migrating. Uh, there's even an area in downtown Las Vegas that Tony Shea is renovating. That might be of interest. Now, uh, two other things. The, there is not a lack of inventory. There are 7 million people that are underwater, and there is over a million homes that are still in the shadow marketplace. So Realty Track can be a great resource. The only limited, quote-unquote, inventory is on the multiple listing services. The banks that have all this inventory, they are not releasing everything onto the MLSs. And the people that are still trying to hang on to their homes but are just maybe a hair's breadth away from losing them are not listing them either. So as an example, New Jersey has the highest foreclosure rate of any state. So I would say if you do want to be a real estate owner or buy real estate right now or buy income property right now, you have to be very, very sophisticated. You better educate yourself on the area you're interested in. You better be very educated on what kind of renter you want to attract. And you have to do the math big time. Uh, the wonderful thing about it is that interest rates are still low. So this can add up. It really can if you do your due diligence and you do your math and you do rely on resources like RealtyTrack more than the MLSs to do your shopping. So you're saying you should be buying homes uh, coming out of foreclosure or that are REOs that the banks have foreclosed upon, that that's a good way to get value in real estate? You know, it's not even against the law to approach a homeowner who has uh, missed their mortgage three times and is two years behind on their property taxes directly and say, hey, I'd like to help you out. Let's try to do a short sale together. Now, historically, over the last couple years, the banks weren't really interested in doing short sales with individuals. However, um, that was because they were, you know, had a lot of hedge funds that were, you know, just buying up entire swaths of land. They may, they may find now that it's a little bit easier. So I would even say there are tips on RealtyTrack on even how to approach existing homeowners. You Very can good. really, yeah, you can get a lot. I mean, that, the discount is 35% off the MLSs. It's completely worth it. Yes. All right, let's move to another area, which is energy. Um, oil prices have been falling pretty sharply lately. Uh, do you think oil is going to go down even further? And is, is there anything you'd want to invest in the oil segment, in the carbon sector, before we get to alternative energies? Now, um, we're probably going to have to go quickly to alternative energies because, as you know, I'm pretty sustainably oriented and I just don't research uh, oil and gas all that much. But I do research it a little bit in terms of its relationship 
to gold in the marketplace. So um, one thing I think is important to remember is that if you looked at a 10-year chart of oil prices and gas prices, we're at a low, and the amount of times that we've been this low, like it, it just kind of touches down and then goes back up. So I don't know, even though everybody's saying, oh, well, everything has shifted and the U.S. can now fund its own energy needs, what a lot of people don't realize is that we don't, cannot fund all of our own energy needs when we're fighting wars in the Middle East because you don't truck your own oil to the Middle East, you just buy from the Saudis. So right now is a unique moment in time where OPEC actually has a deficit to us. That's for the first time since the... Um, you know, since the government has been tracking deficits with the OPEC, that that's ever been the case. So I just think that you have to remember how, how much oil is needed to fight wars and that you cannot ship Canadian or American or Mexican oil to uh, the Middle East to fight a foreign war. You have to buy it there. And the, Saudi, the Saudis gave us a gift a year ago by, you know, really creating a marketplace that dragged the oil prices down. OPEC has been pretty pissed off about that. Sorry for using that language. Yep. And uh, I think that, I think, you know, that, that is going to affect things because, you know, the argument is, hey, we don't need them anymore. We can produce our own oil. That's really um, a spurious argument. So if you don't like oil... You've, you've been a long time backer of green energy, but as you say, those yeah. stocks have done terribly because as oil prices come down, they become yeah. less competitive. Are there some things in the alternative energy space you would like to invest in now? Well, I certainly like LED lighting, and there's a number of different ones throughout the world, but the one that's the leader in the U.S. is called Cree. LED lighting and it's great because um, I think they're starting now to educate the consumer like before first of all you know the price of a bulb used to be 30 bucks now it's under 10 so it's becoming um, competitive competitively priced with CFLs and incandescents what a lot of people um, aren't aware of as well is that your reduction in the actual lighting cost is 85% off of incandescents and I think Cree and other LED lighting companies are doing a better job of educating the public about that. So I think that's got a growth market there. Um, solar and wind and hydro, these all have to grow because of the agreements that are being made in Paris right now as we speak. So the, the carbon reduction goals that are being made worldwide, but in particular by Ch China and the U.S., mean that they have committed to additional wind and solar capacity. So um, these are growth areas because in the U.S., uh, solar accounts for less than 1%, wind accounts for less than 3%. So, um, but actually, I like a lot of the solar companies in China a little bit better than the U.S. because they have higher profit margins and they actually have higher growth rates. So, Would you, would uh, you do individual stocks or would you do an ETF of solar I and might, alternative energy companies? Well, in my nest egg, I say no individual stocks because you got to babysit them. So for my nest egg, I would be looking at, there are two clean energy funds that are pretty easy to invest in from power shares. One's a, a global clean energy fund that includes a lot of global utilities that are clean energy centric. And then there's another one that invests in a lot of technology, clean energy technology. So one is called, uh, the symbol is PBD. So uh, Paul Berry Dog, and the other one is PBW. And um, those are pretty good for the nest egg. In terms of individual companies, I do like Trina Solar, um, and I like Cree. Very good. We're going to take a break. We're going to take a break. 
This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. She's a newsletter writer, a stock picker, a speaker. She has an upcoming retreat uh, at Valentine's Day in Santa Monica, California. You can find out more about her newsletter and her retreat at her website, nataliepace.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. She's a stock picker, a newsletter writer, and she's running a seminar coming up in Santa Monica, California around Valentine's Day. You can find out more about her and her uh, offerings at nataliepace.com. Welcome back to the show, Natalie. Thanks so much. So one area you've been big on for a long time is gold and silver, uh, which, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, has really been falling a lot. Um, Why has gold and silver been falling so much, and uh, what are some specific stocks or ETFs you would like to invest in gold and silver right now? Yeah, so the basic... uh the basic mantra for gold is when people fall in love with Wall Street, they fall out of love with gold. And when people really swoon over gold, that means that they have lack of confidence in the economy and in Wall Street. So there are two things that can spark that. Recessions can spark spark a a love of gold, as well as high oil prices. There's actually a huge correlation with high oil prices. So you might say, well, why would you be interested in gold now? Same thing as we talked about before. What's the growth potential? What's the value potential? So it's been absolutely killed, making it a value. But at the same time, if you think that energy prices can rise, and I do, um, if you think they can rise a lot, and I do, then you can be very excited about a potential rise in gold as well. Um, I also think that the announcement, look, no, there were no headlines 
that the Chinese yuan is going to become the world currency. And it's not going to officially become the world currency until the end of October of 2016. So this is a big deal. I mean, I, I believe that's very intentional that that wasn't a world an, uh, announcement. I mean, it was definitely a press release that was issued. But if you tried even Googling for it, you wouldn't find anything. So um, I think as people start understanding this, I think that they're going to be very interested in gold. They're going to be a little worried about that. I think that's, that's worrisome. And as far as the way to play gold, would you do exchange-traded funds? or individual mining shares, what would be your way to play the rebound in gold that you see coming? I really like the gold mining uh, funds. And the reason for that is that a lot of people that try to just purchase coins really get shafted. So many of the places where they, per, uh, where they sell coins, they sell them as semi-numismatic or almost collectible. And you, when you purchase them, they have to appreciate 55% in order to break even of the current price. So, um, you know, you're basically already purchasing an asset underwater. It's almost like buying a new car, and the minute you drive it off the lot, it loses half its value. So um, I recommend the gold mining stocks because as gold prices rise, these have the potential to rise the most. Again, these two funds that I mentioned earlier, Ring and PSAU, their high in 2011 was four to five times as high as it is right now. So that's a very easy way to play it. And that's great for your nest egg because you are, even though you're, again, for the hot industries, I like going ahead and getting a hot industry. Um, but you want to have enough companies in there that you're um, diversified and protected. And are there some individual, in addition to those ETFs, individual gold mining shares that you would like today? Well, I'm going to mention one, and we have to add in there that this is a micro cap, meaning it's very small, which means it's very volatile, but it's owned and um, operated by one of the gold mining veterans. He has a 30-year legacy in the industry. He actually invented uh, this kind of uh, principle for finding gold reserves that worked great by outsourcing it to the world scientists. And um, his name is Rob McEwen, and his company is McEwen Binding. It's very high risk and uh, definitely not something you should do in your nest egg because, you know, your nest egg should be money while you sleep, not high-risk money that you have to babysit. Now, you have, uh, in, in the book you did called Put Your Money Where Your Heart Is, what are some of the principles that come out of that book? Well, the basic idea is that you can actually invest in things that you like and make money on it. And what I, the kind of the example I use is this. Nobody is invest, uh, investing in a typewriter or using a typewriter. And a lot of times the things that we love the most are the things that if we did invest in them would be the best. Um, ROI. I mean, the easiest example of that would be the Apple iPhone or the Apple computer, but there are many examples of that. So as people become more and more interested in LED lighting, Cree can increase in value. Um, you know, even with gold, you know, as people get worried about China having a world reserve currency and the U.S. being the third largest economy, not the first, um, you know, they, could, they, they look for safe havens. So the things that you're interested in can provide a good ROI. You can't just use that. You can't just use interest. You do have to really look into it and make sure that that exact company that you're most interested in in that industry is the leader and that it's well run and well operated and that um, it's per, you, know, you purchase it for a good price. So that's why my three ingredient recipe for cooking up profits, which is actually outlined in that book, and the four questions, which is also outlined in that book, can be very valuable to you. Then you have a book called The Gratitude Game. Just briefly tell us what that one's about. 
So it is 21 days to a healthier, wealthier, more beautiful you. And if you follow this chapter a day program, it will make prosperity and abundance your daily habits. So the way life is. So instead of having to think like every, every month, you know, a lot of people look at their bills and they, you know, they look at it and they bemoan it and they worry about it. You know, once you get your budget set into a thrive budget and that's the way life is and, um, you have more money in there, you've stopped up the money leaks in your boat, you know, you can actually start planning vacations and having a great life. So devoting 21 days, a chapter a day to implement a a better budgeting strategy, a better investing strategy, people that lose half of their nest egg in a recession, I mean, it's devastating. It can prevent you from retiring. So getting all this set up now while you have time to do it means that in the coming years, you can thrive. You can be poised to buy low. You can be poised to retire. You, can't, you don't have to worry about your insurance going away, whether it's health insurance, life insurance, or long-care um, health insurance. You are set And that is going to be the best ROI, and that's exactly what the Gratitude Game is going to do for you if you commit to that 21-day program. And that's why, um, another thing, I recommend it as an audio book. It was originally designed as an audio series, and I recommend that you listen to it in the morning when you're getting ready for work, and then do it all day long, and then you do have tasks that you need to do that will require maybe 30 or, you know, it's kind of like homework, 30 or 40 minutes a day to change it, to get the budget in right, to rethink those big ticket items, to rethink um, how you're going to handle your insurance. And once you do it, that's the way life is. And life is going to be a lot more beautiful. So we have about two minutes to go. Just kind of sum up briefly of all the things we've talked about, what difference can it make in people's lives going into 2016 with all the different cross currents we talked about uh, to do well as opposed to not doing well and taking your advice? Okay, so first off, you can start saving up to $20,000 in your budget. Secondly, you can save your nest egg and earn gains instead of losing half or more. Thirdly, you're going to live a much richer life if both of those things happen because it's pretty hard to um, have a positive attitude and think about a better tomorrow when you're buried under bills and struggling to survive. And far too many people are doing that in America. Those of you that think you can't afford the um, Valentine's retreat, if you think that education is expensive, try ignorance. And you know you have. The last two recessions were far too expensive. You have too much at risk. Invest whatever it is. I think it's maybe around uh, $1,200, $1,600 to save and protect $100,000 $100,000 or more in your nest egg, and to learn how to achieve that $20,000 uh, in savings every freaking year. That's a huge ROI. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Natalie Pace. As you can see, she covers a lot of different areas, investing and budgeting and insurance and housing and gold and oil. We've talked about all kinds of things during this last hour. Uh, you can find out more about Natalie and the upcoming retreat she has at nataliepace.com. And thanks so much for being a guest on The Money Answer Show, Natalie. Thank you so much, Jordan. I really appreciate it. And anybody can call us at 310-430-2397. Very good. Well, thanks so much, Natalie. And we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.